0: Oh ladies and Figurgle Durgens, what a what a show we have today. What a podcast we have today. Um unbelievable. Uh can you believe uh the director of one of the biggest motion picture movie blockbusters of all time is sitting in with uh with the kid today. Uh I love this guy. He's a buddy, he's a talent. He's a talent out the wazoo. Let me just put it that way. There's nothing this wildcat can't do. But uh, no word of a lie. Uh, one of his movies is in the top, I think, the top eight of all-time money-earning films uh, in film history. And uh, I have a feeling most of you have seen at least what this film I'm talking about, uh, if not many more of his films that... Uh, I'm talking about. But enough of me talking about it. I'm not going to give away his name. Let's just say great uh, director, uh, great filmmaker, great human being in general. Uh, I love this guy, man, and uh, so happy he's on the podcast today. Today's show, my interview with the amazing Conrad Vernon on the holiday
1: way. (laughs) Welcome to the Harland Highway.
0: All right, let's get this sucker going, huh? You are causing a major disturbance on my time.
1: It's the Harland Highway.
0: What's up, bruh? If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Am I hallucinating here? Just what in the hell do you think you're doing?
1: You just made a wrong turn onto the harland highway this
0: is your fucking wake-up call man
1: you're riding down the harland highway with harland williams in 30 seconds you'll be dead and i'll blow this place up and be home in time for cornflakes
0: Everybody, it's Harland Zachary Williams. Zachary's not really my middle name. Up yours. Welcome to the Harland Highway. Uh, do you hear the uh, level of excitement in my voice? Does it does it sound like I'm laying turtle eggs on a beach? I'm super jazzed. I've been trying to get this uh, talented, funny gentleman on the podcast for a long time. He was actually here uh, once in another version of himself. I'm not going to tell you what it what it is yet. We'll, we'll reveal that later in the show. But he was on here once before as somebody else. But this time it's him. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my good buddy, talented director, writer. I think he created the human race. It's Conrad Vernon. How are you, buddy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're mental, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Connie, let, let me, uh, first of all, welcome you to the podcast, the Thank Harlan you. Highway. You know I've been trying to get you on here forever. Yes. Yes, but
1: you're here. I'm here now. Are you jazzed?
0: I'm sweaty. <laughs> you're ner- he's it's nervous, hot. I can tell. The fan's on. Let's well, let ball. me tell you a little about Conrad. He's, he's an amazing guy. First of all, he's an amazing artist. And I'm just gonna cut right to the goodies, uh, Conrad. Uh, you've seen his work, ladies and gentlemen. Conrad uh, directed Shrek Two, the uh, famous uh, DreamWorks movie Shrek Two. He directed uh, Monsters vs. Aliens. Uh, your latest movie that's a huge hit. It's, it's number, one of the number one movies of the summer. Madagascar Two in the uh, three, number three. You didn't do two. Dwa. You did three in the theaters uh, still right now. You gotta go check it out. And uh, I just this is a broad question, but what's it like, dude? What's it like to direct these incredible movies that people love?
1: It's 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 a haul for sure. It's it, it's longer than a live action movie to do.
0: How long does it take? Like, give the folks a, an indication of. How long it takes.
1: Well, I mean, the development phase can last, you know, however long the development phase lasts. But once you're into production, a live action movie will usually, um, you know, shoot in six months. And that's a long shoot. And then you'll be done in a year after that. Uh, animated films can, you know, the development phase included can last up to five years. Five just, years. Just the production part can last two, two and a half years. Wow.
0: So it's, it's a long haul. And and what people uh, might not know, uh, the director of an animated movie, you're you're involved in every phase of the movie, from the coloring, to the uh, to the character design, to uh, the the everything.
1: Yeah. Well, we're on right from the script phase. God. You know, even the uh, the the general idea of it, you know, the kernel of the idea. Yeah. You know, so we're usually on there uh, from that point. So we're we're kind of taking it through all the phases completely.
0: God, and p- people should know this. I, th- I think people know this, but Shrek 2 is one of the all-time highest grossing movies in film history, isn't it?
1: Number one animated grossing film. Number I one animated? It might have been beaten by now. I'm not sure. But uh, I, I the, the last time I checked, it was. But maybe there's something else that beat it.
0: But overall, just in movies in general, In general, isn't it? I think we were... We were right uh, above E.T
1: and then I think uh, Batman came out and knocked us down a notch.: So but,
0: you're yeah. like in the top five though, isn't it in the top, top five, five, top six somewhere around there yeah. God man, that's amazing. Did you did you wake up every morning and look in a mirror and go, "I directed one of the top movies in Hollywood history. Somebody bring me some freshly squeezed grapefruit juice immediately." I do. and in that
1: voice. <laughs> Into the steamy shower mirror. <laughs> into my soap on a rope.
0: And then you scrape the word red rum into that ste- steamy shower <laughs> mirror. my name backwards. But you do voices, too. You do voices in, in some of the movies. You do, uh, And now I'm going to reveal, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Conrad's been on the podcast before as Gingy, the gingerbread man. Yeah. (laughs) See, there he is. You love that. I love it. You love when I leave messages for you is gingy. I tell you what, folks, whenever I have a bad day, this is where my world, and I'm going to say this, this is ballsy, this is where my world is better than your world. If I'm having a bad day, I can call up Conrad and ask him to leave a message on my phone or just talk to him in real life and he'll do the gingy voice.
1: I want you to go in your bedroom, (laughs) shut the curtains. Put a big pillow between your knees and fall right asleep. Now go do it. See? I want you to rub your knees together on that pillow. Feels good.
0: See what I mean? I can I can have a better day instantly having Conrad talk to me as Gingy. <laughs> but you're doing... better than a dark room when you're depressed. <laughs> you're better than a shrink. You're better than like pills. I wish everyone could just call you. Can Pills let, let me give GenC your phone number out? No, okay, no, no. no I better not. Uh, but you do another voice too in the, in the Madagascar movies, don't you? Do the, the monkey? Yes, indeed, I do. Mason the monkey. Mm. He's nuts, that guy. He's <laughs> nuts. Just, he's just yes. like full of energy and crazy. Yes, he hangs upside down, throws poop at things <laughs> often. Have you ever done that in real life? And be honest. Yes, I have.
1: <laughs> I poop in my hand and I chuck it at
0: people. <laughs> wow, you've been to one too many Elton John concerts, my friend. <laughs> um, well, it's exciting, man. <laughs> it, here's, I got to tell you this about Conrad, too. He just takes it all in stride. That's what I I don't think you realize how you affect people's lives as much as I do. Cuz you're 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 like a mellow-centered guy. And I'm always walking around going, Conrad, don't you realize you directed these he goes, Yes, I know, but I get more excited than anyone else. But it's just your you job, do? so you're used to it.
1: You do? You get more excited than I get else?
0: excited. I love telling everyone what you do and that you're my buddy and that you're oh. so talented. Oh. <laughs> Did you just purr at me, sir? <laughs> wow. Sweetness. Wow. It's very got nice of
1: you. I like when you come visit. Over at DreamWorks, it's lovely.
0: I know, I know, and, and uh, I won't say much, but hopefully, Conrad and I will have something for you folks one of these days. We've been working on uh, an idea we for work many together. years. Yes, it's good. And uh, one day we'll, we'll we'll hatch that egg for you folks. Um, but uh, let's move on to more important things, buddy. I think people want to know: uh, Does someone like you do your own laundry? I don't. What? I don't do my own laundry. You never do your own laundry. No, I bought two machines,
1: and I have someone do it for me. What and do you that's mean? the you, honest truth. You bought two machines. What, do you,
0: what does that a mean? A washer and a dryer. And where are these machines? They're they, in my garage. Your laundry machines are in your garage. Oh, yeah, they're in my garage. Your gera- what, what accent is that? I don't know. It's like bo- a b- guy from Boston made love to like they're someone down, from Tennessee. They're down Doing in my, my garage. Garage. Yes, and uh, someone does all my laundry for no me. No way. See, that's there one of go. the perks of being a big director, ladies and gentlemen. You've never. You, when was the last time you did your own laundry, dude? I washed oh. my dog's blankets.
1: <laughs> because they <laughs> pooped on them.
0: Did they? They took a dump. What did? What do your dogs' blankets look like? I'm curious. Like, what color are they? They're brown. And they did a poop on them. So how would you even know? I just smelled it. Oh. I I, I pick it up and I smell it once a day. See that? That's cute. You won't do your own laundry, but you do your laundry for your dogs.
1: Well, when there's crap on it, yes.
0: That's love. That's love right there.
1: There's there's some love in there. Goes into the laundry.
0: For people that don't know the definition of love and are confused about love in the world, like, where is love? What is love? Love is when you wash your dog's crap-soaked blankets. Thank you, Conrad.
1: You're welcome.
0: Now, have you ever, and come on, guy, I can't, have you ever tossed one of those cling-free sheets into a dryer in your life? Yes. Okay, okay. What was that experience like? It was nothing I needed to
1: experience again. You didn't like it. I like pulling them out and finding that they still
0: smell. Wait, wait. when you when you've done the drying,
1: yeah, they still smell after the dry. You
0: pull them out and you sniff them. Mm, yeah, is that that sounds like a drug habit to me? It's good. Are you snorting cling free sheets? Try after it. they've done. All their I job? can say
1: is try it, and I'm not going to say it. the first. First time, it's it's really good.
0: Do you think there's another use for those cling-free sheets somewhere in the world? Like, you know, we have India. We have poor nations. We have rich nations. We have all the things that mankind, all the trappings. Is there another way we could be applying cling-free sheets somewhere in the world outside of throwing them in a dark dryer?
1: Well, I kind of went more internal with it. Ooh, I thought it would be a good lining for the underwear.
0: <laughs> what do you mean? So
1: your pubes don't I didn't go out of the country I went into the clothing. Wait,
0: I just I just had a vision of your pubes getting all entangled like w- when in Avatar the guy put his ponytail into the horse's ponytail and they <laughs> wrapped together. Is that what you're saying? You want to put a cling free sheet in your crack? I'm just saying so your butt you pubes could. don't What? I'm
1: just saying you could. Wow. That's another use for it. It's like See? A, I think it's like a panty
0: liner. For men. Amazing, there you go. and what if could you put? Could you make one with wings? Yeah, sure. Oh, can you imagine, dude? Me and you going out partying on a Saturday night with a cling-free ass you know crack? Why not? A it static-free would... butthole. <laughs> that it could would get smell. weird. Yeah, it would smell like lavender. And also, sometimes when you do sports or you or you have a long day, if your butt crack <clears throat> gets sweaty. Your butt checks will stick that's, together. That's your your your. See, this is why we work together.
1: Now I know you, what you're you getting. At. Frog to where I'm going to go.
0: So you stick a bounce sheet in your butt crack, and it won't stick together.
1: Well, and it it, it soaks up the excess moisture, and it makes it f- springtime fresh.
0: Now, at the end of the day, There's going off what you said fits. earlier, do you pull it out of your underpants and sniff it to see if it still works? No. no. I wouldn't do that, and I wouldn't put it in the dryer after that either. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you do with it? Because sometimes of it. when women, you know, when they finished their period, and I don't mean to get all gross here, but women will pull out their, their you know, their, their cucumber stick or whatever it is <laughs> and roll it up and put it in the garbage. How do you dispose of a, a well-traveled, cling-free ass sheet? They'll probably have
1: to come out with sanitary bags for us now. Oh, wow. I think that's the only answer to me.
0: Can you say uh, invention time, dude?
1: Well, you remember those? When I was a kid. What? They used to have, uh, in bathrooms, sanitary bag bags. Oh, for the women. For the women, it, you know, in the in the bathrooms in office buildings where it was like a unisex bathroom. You go in and they would have, for your convenience, oh. and they would have a picture of a 1950s woman printed on the front, smiling. <laughs> and he, uh, like
0: the same chick that held the loaf of sunbeam bread yeah, in the exactly. 50s. exactly. But now she's holding a bloody tampon <laughs> and smiling. And, and dropping it into... <laughs> A beautiful wax bag. Imagine if they had sunbeam tampons, dude. For <laughs> that right. yeasty, fresh smell, sunbeam tampons. <laughs>
1: and they could squeeze it, and it would retain its
0: shape. <laughs> squeeze it, and it bounces back it, out like a loaf of Wonder Bread. It airs back up. <laughs> dude, have you ever been in one of those um, unisex bathrooms? I, I was in one once, and it was really awkward.
1: Yeah, it's weird, right?
0: You don't know what to do. Like, when we go into, like, the men's room at a restaurant, you really... Let's face it. We're not really that worried about sprinkling on the seat or flushing or anything. But when you go into a unisex, you kind of got it in the back of the... Maybe I should be a little neater because the ladies are coming in. Was that... Ally McBeal
1: or Murphy Brown that, that, that had a unisex bathroom? I don't I know, remember but they what both TV sound show. like
0: movements to me. I just did an Ally McBeal <laughs> and a Murphy, Murphy Brown. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> and hence the unisex bathroom. <laughs> Dude, but you know what, you know what sucks is I can't imagine why a woman would want to share a bathroom with a man. I don't mean married couples, but out in public, if I was a girl... I would rather go behind, like, a birch well, tree.
1: Women that- are I, – I, I, think, I think women are always, I think, a, a little more allowed into men's rooms every once in a while. Yeah. I was at a concert once, and the women's line went out the door, and yeah. s- some guy came in and said, does anyone in here mind if my girlfriend comes in and goes to the bathroom? Every man was like, "Yeah, who cares?" Yeah. So she walked right in past us, went into a stall, went to the bathroom. No one cared. No one cared. I just couldn't see the reverse of that happening.
0: No, no, you'd you'd be in this day and age, you'd you'd be, uh, you'd be fined and go to jail. But I've accidentally done that before. Oh, you did? Actually, twice. You walked into a woman's bathroom without knowing. And and, tell me what happened. Well, the first
1: time was at the Burbank Airport, and they have the men's room sign. Yeah. Over the women's entrance. But what you're supposed to realize, for some unknown reason, is that the men's entrance is across the hall. But since you're coming around a corner, they put it on the other side so you'll see the sign and then look over across the hall to the entrance to the men's. And then they have the women's right behind that. I didn't see the women's behind the men's sign. So I saw the men's sign. I saw the doorway. I walked right in. And in the back of your head, you're going, something's off.
0: Yeah, it, doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't smell in
1: here. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's a different odor. But you don't yeah. really understand what's going on, and you just walk back into a stall. I went to the bathroom. You, know, you,
0: pe- went, you dropped a deuce in no, the ladies no, no, room? No, no, I, I
1: just peed. Oh, I standing came back out, yeah, yeah, came back out, washed my hands. Luckily, there was no one in there. And as I was walking out, a woman was walking in, oh. and we just looked at each other, and then we stopped. Oh. And I just went, mm, yeah, and then I
0: <laughs> got out of there. You should have d- immediately turned into Gingy and just gone, hey, do you have an extra tampon I could borrow? <laughs> exactly. That smells like marshmallows and marmalade? There's no sanitary
1: bags in there. <laughs> I don't know where to put it. So the wow. other time, this, this has Uh-oh. happened twice to me. Yeah. The other time was at, uh, well, I'm not even going to say where it was. Yeah, I'm don't, not going to incriminate myself. Don't say it. But basically, sounds shady already. Yeah. Basically, they switched the bathrooms when they rebuilt the bathrooms at this place they used okay. to work at, like long ago. Okay. Uh, I was like probably twenty four, twenty five, and they switched the bathrooms from men's to women's. I don't know why they did this, yeah. but but when they rebuilt the bathrooms, they just put the men's on the right and the women's on the left. And oh, and so, so you were used to going. You I were was just going following used to pattern. going. I was used to going into the men's on the left. Yeah. So. As soon as it was done, I walked straight into the bathroom, and this time I did drop one.
0: You dropped a, you dropped well, a sunbeam I was, loaf.
1: I did. I was right in the middle wow. of it, and I hear high heels walk on the tile into the bathroom.
0: Wait a minute. The loaf was halfway out of your butt, and you all of a sudden you hear high heels? I don't
1: know the story to that level of detail,
0: but well, I— Well, you said you are right in the middle of it. Well—
1: I might have been waiting for the next piece to come. I don't know. I don't know where I was in the process of dropping said deuce. Right, but right. Uh, I was in the stall, and as soon as I heard the high heels, yeah. my oh. feet went straight up like this, and I looked like a like gymnast. Like you're on the
0: pommel horse at the Olympics. <laughs> exactly. And I
1: was like, like just sitting there like, like a gymnast you know, with my hands on the toilet, just like hovering, and, and I had to hold this while wow. the lady went in. And I heard the long zip of the skirt. Whoa! And then peeing. Oh! And then the long zip going back up. And then the, the high heels washing of the hands. And then out. And then Dude. I just, boom, hit the ground, zipped up, and leapt across the hall into the men's room as fast as I could. I never got caught.
0: Dude, there's one upside to that story. Mm. And it could have ruined you for life. What if you had heard these gorgeous high heels clacking along a nice, long pair of tapered legs, beautiful ankles with nylons. You hear that dress zip down, and she sits down and lets a volcano out of her ass, like just blows a monster you would, you would be you'd be messed up for life. That's where I need to use the gingy voice. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> I know something smells like
1: bad ginger. <laughs>
0: Wow, dude! I don't know if I've ever walked into the girls' room by mistake. I think I've done you it. Do on it on purpose, purpose usually. <laughs> I remember when I was going to uh, boarding school um, when I was a kid. I used to because it was all it was an all boys boarding school, and then under the kitchen, they had a woman's restroom for like the three chicks that worked up in our kitchen, hmm. and they never used it. And you know, when you're in a school full of boys, the bathroom it looks like a pig wallow in there, right? So I would sneak into the women's room, and it was like there was like clouds in there, and sunbeams. There were blue jays on the on the faucets. There was you know mushrooms growing. It was like a, a, a forest in there. It was beautiful.
1: S- dresses being sewn by bluebirds.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I would sneak in there, and uh, you know. Take Just to take a leak, I'd go in the women's room. Well, route. have you
1: ever been to the bathroom at the Angels game or the Dodgers game? No. the giant trough? Oh, the giant trough, yes. I think that is the worst invention oh. ever. I don't use it. I don't use no. it at all. But, man, I, I don't understand people who can just, like, sa- sidle up to those things, yeah. whip it out, and just, like... You're getting splashed by the people next oh. to you. You're splashing other people. Well not only that, it's half like, the guys
0: on there like bend in and look down to
1: see your your meat. Yeah, it's just a bunch of hogs at the trough. And it, it just doesn't yeah, that doesn't A friend of mine had a nightmare once oh. about that where he looked down the uh at the end of the trough yeah. and there was a giant fat woman dumping in it oh god and he was like i was like what gave you that idea wicked wicked was that the edit button that you just hit
0: (laughs) no no that was just me uh futzing with the stuff but um um that's that's crazy man and for for the women listening who don't know what we mean by the trough we literally mean in a lot of arenas and sports facilities they don't have individual urinals for the men. They just have a long, it looks like an eaves trough up on your roof or something horses would drink out of. It's, I guess it's the equivalent if you had a
1: gigantic round bowl and all the women sat around it next yes. to each other.
0: That's it, exactly. That's what it would be like. It's like a communal place to do your business. And it's, it's literally, some of them can be like 40, 50 feet long. Yeah. It's it's, it's not, ridiculous. It's a horrible idea. Ooh, let's let's get out of this. Let's get out <laughs> of this. Let's get into something uh more um more uh you know that taps into your business sense because you know you're a guy that tiptoes through Hollywood. You've been successful, you're directing, you're you're writing scripts and it's not an easy game here in Hollywood. So tapping into your business uh sense I have to ask you, and I know our listeners want to know, if you could open a franchise, a food franchise, what would it be, Conrad Vernon? As I look you right in the eye and ask you, it's almost like I asked your soul. What would your franchise be? Food franchise. I will say this. Oh, here we go. Here it comes. And this is honest. Here it comes. This is the honest truth. Here we go.
1: My ex-wife, yes, who I'm very good friends with still. I know her. I've met her. Yes. I she, is yeah. no, she, I is <laughs> she is the best. Yeah, she is the she is the best vegetarian cook I've ever met. She's amazing. She will make anything vegetarian. Okay. Now she uses butter and eggs and stuff like that. Sure. But oh my god, this food is unbelievable. And I've said to her many times, if you want to open up a vegetarian restaurant, I will invest in it, and I really? still would do that because Ooh. this stuff that she makes is unreal. It is the best food you really? will ever have, and it's totally vegetarian. Interesting. What would you call a place like that? I don't know. I'd probably have to enlist someone like you to help. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. All right. It's well, not I a very like good that answer, answer but. <laughs> but existing franchises, you know Conrad what, I, Vernon.
1: I'm, I, I'm only going to say this. I would
0: call it Tissy's. Tissy's. And that's all I'm going to say. That's all we need to hear. All right. Tissy's vegetarian fast food restaurant. Not fast food. Oh. Changing my questions it around, be, huh? It would
1: be a franchise, though.
0: A franchise. That's what I... Okay. Now, we've got tissies, existing franchises. What do you own? Talk to me, guy. What do I own? What are you going to go for? If you could open one up, slap one open, mm-hmm. what would it be? I think I know the answer. Mm-hmm. Here we go. He's searching. I'm just thinking about what kind of food I want for free. He's searching deeply. What would that franchise be? I would say oh.
1: it would have to be. Oh. oh, man. Oh, Baja Fresh.
0: Baja Fresh, ladies and gentlemen. That is the right answer. Thank you. Let's move on. <laughs> Took us about 10 minutes to get to that right answer, but we certainly got I was there. I just thinking
1: about all the free food I was going to get.
0: <laughs> I'm glad you didn't say Olive Garden or Red Lobster. Mm. I might have had to end this interview with that. Mm, no. Um, are child stars creepy? Child stars? Yeah. No. Sometimes when they grow up, they are. Right. Like who are we taught? Like Gary Coleman? That guy came out kind of creepy. Yeah, wasn't he a, uh, he was a, a a mall cop Yeah, later in life. That's creepy. I think there should be a prerequisite to be a mall cop. You should at least be over two feet high. <laughs> well, he was intimidating to a certain extent, don't you think? Well, he Enough. was intimidating because he was scary. It's like, <laughs> look at this pudgy little... Midget with Lyme disease coming after me. There was, I, and I'm trying to think of the other Lyme disease, children's disease. Why Lyme does he have disease? Lyme
1: disease? I, well, he must have been bitten <laughs> by a tick at Why? one point.
0: How did that come out? I just made that up, and you just <laughs> let me roll right by it. Well, what am I supposed to do? No. You never challenge my Lyme disease no. anymore. You've changed. I don't know you anymore. <laughs> um, what else have we got here? We're, we're we're winding down here with Conrad. This is unbelievable to have you here, buddy. Are you having fun? Yeah, I'm Highland having a hybrid? blast. I hope it's interesting enough. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Listen to the guy. See, that's what I mean, ladies. That's what I alluded to earlier. God, I'm Conrad so- <laughs> just has kind of this kind of this mainstream version of himself. They have no, you have no idea how hyped people are to, to be hearing you right now. <laughs> See, he's laughing. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to ask you more questions about the movies because you you have no idea. Your movies on a global level have impacted people. They've played millions upon millions of people have seen your work. Not many Mm. people can say that. I have to drive home to my friend here what a special human being he is. He won't do it himself, so I'm going to do it. Um, Another. Oh. I wish I would love it if me and you could invent a uh, static cling sheet that could purr like that. Only when you pull them apart. <laughs> when you pull them apart. We'll call them purrs. <laughs> um, hey, speaking of which, Conrad, obviously, I mean, you know, when you cast your voices for your movies, uh. you're casting people like. Reese Witherspoon and uh, Will Smith and and uh, Mike Myers and Eddie Murphy, is there a funny story you can share with us? Uh, some kind of hijinks or something that went wrong or something goofy or something funny that one of these big stars said that uh, might might uh, be interesting to our uh, listeners here? You know, it's it, every. I,
1: it's kind of like you have to be in the room with them. Yeah, when when you see them act, and if so many of the stories are hilarious to me because I was... It, it, it's a perfect example of you had to be there type yeah, of stuff. Yeah, right. You know, you had to be there type... Um, I have to say that on this last movie I worked with Martin Short oh, and I... Great. ...love that guy. Isn't he great? Canadian. Can I say out loud?
0: Canadian.
1: Yeah. He was... He, he and Jessica Chastain who's also... Um, an amazing actress. We, uh, we we got to I got to work with her as well. And um, you know everyone. Uh, Brian Cranston. I got to know. Oh yeah, yeah. Was fantastic I with him. Once. And, He's uh, a nice guy. And uh, you know, of course, the the, the the whole cast was fantastic. But um, I have to say, getting to know, I, I knew Jessica before this movie, so I was really really happy to get to work with her. Um, but I'd never met. Um, uh, Martin Short before Marty.
0: Marty, what was it about Marty. him that 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 just tickled you or or made you uh, just fall in love with this guy? What, what did he? Was it something funny he said? Is there well, a it's little?
1: Just, just the characterization that he brought.
0: Yeah. you know, to this. I mean, it
1: was an Italian seal <laughs> that he played. Yeah, and so uh, you know, he he looked at Roberto Benini in the very beginning and said, you know, this is how I want to. You know, I want him to have this kind of energy. Yeah, but they he he came in with this big. Tape machine, you know this like nineteen eighty four uh, Walkman. Who a, Martin Short? Martin did? Short yeah. did, and, and and he had a a lady on there saying his lines. But of course, it was just she didn't act them. Yeah. She just said them to give yeah. him the dialect. Right, right. And so she was like, Marty, where are you go tomorrow? I want to be with you, <laughs> and then he would go, Where do you go tomorrow? And then of course, the, he would do it in his. Way. Oh, and really? after after two or three sessions, I think I, 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 he was listening to her and he just kind of clicked it shut and he took the walkman and he chucked it and he said, we don't need her anymore. So he just started going off and he said, this is just going to become its own thing from now yeah. on.
0: And I was like, that's exactly... Can you, I mean, I know you didn't do the voice, but can you give us just a little sample of what it kind of sounded like? Like, what, what, what was he <sighs> talking like this or something or what? Well, there was a
1: line it was It was in a scene where uh the four main characters, the zoo animals, get onto this circus train, yeah, and the other and and, and the circus animals who were already on the train were like welcoming them on board and everything, but there's one guy played by Brian Cranston, who yeah. was a tiger. He didn't want him on there because he didn't trust him. Oh yeah, trust the tiger. Him. Yeah, yeah. 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 Awesome so character. so he starts marching over towards the main characters, and Martin Short, uh, Martin Short, uh, Martin Short's character Stefano said, uh, said, uh, "Hey, maybe you can bunk with Vitaly. And and Vitali the tiger, chucked a knife right at the main <laughs> characters. It <that> stuck <laughs> in the wall next to him, and he started coming at him. <laughs> and Martin Short's character said, "Oh, I don't think Vitali likes that idea. <laughs> What's he gonna do?" You know and <laughs> And that was, <laughs> I don't know, that was a hilarious oh, line. That's, great. And, that's and, great. and he did it amazing. And, um, you know, when you're working with Martin Short, you get tons of improv. Yeah. You oh get, you get, you get the, the range, which is insane. You yeah. Know, of, Down the low like this. You know, what, he cried once for 15 minutes in about 30 different ways. Really? Cried. And wow. every bit of it was hilarious, and and so our editor had about fifteen minutes of just unreal, insane crying that he could just choose from and wow. put into different places. And I don't know, it was it's just amazing, just that, a plethora th- of
0: things to pull from. Yeah, that guy, that guy's a talent, man. So. That guy is a ta- what, what a what a that must be a fun aspect of your job too, because. You know, there's usually a, a crap load of characters in these movies. So you and and you know, there's such big movies, there's such big hits that every big celebrity in town wants to jump in on it. So you you've got to work with Seth Rogen and Chris Rock yeah. and I mean, all these these really great uh, talented people. Ben Stiller it must must be a blast. Do you enjoy that aspect of it, absolutely. With the the celebs. I mean, yeah,
1: you can't help but enjoy it. I mean, these are like mega talented people who are really you know, ninety nine percent of the time, just really pleasant to be around, and then then go yeah. in and and make you laugh yeah. for three hours at a time. You know, and and they're just you know Ben was fantastic, Chris was fantastic, David Schwimmer, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. You know, they were all in Madagascar. Yeah. I got to know Seth uh, on Monsters vs Aliens. So he and played the Blob. He played, he played the little he played Bob, Bob the Blob, my favorite character. And he and I became friends after that. And you know, we're, we we uh, creatively jam with each other every once in
0: a while. It's it's just... Another Canadian boy. Another Canadian boy. God, look at you. You're loving the Canadians. I just realized that's why you're here. He and his writing partner, Evan Goldberg, you know, and uh,
1: they're both Canadians and, you know, it's... It was it's it's been great to get to know these people and get to work with them. So well I, let yeah, me let me consider just consider myself as, blessed. As talented and you
0: and me and me. We've worked together for, for a long time. Fifteen years. And uh, as talented as they are, it's it's the job of the director to uh, create the imagery, to make the timing work, the facial expressions. That's where you come in and uh, you're right up there with them, buddy. Thank you. Well I need <laughs> to keep telling you that because you won't tell yourself. <laughs> Um, let's ask just a couple more things and then we gotta, we gotta get out of here. But, uh, you know, if you could make your own movie, uh, it doesn't have to be animated and without a studio, without anything like your ultimate movie of all time. If if someone said, Conrad, here's 30 million bucks, make your movie, whatever genre you want, whatever sci-fi, Western, whatever it is. What would someone with your ability, your talent, uh, your knowledge of this uh, filmmaking industry, what, what would that dream movie be for you? And that that might not even be mm. an answerable question. But Well, there's a couple of things that I can think of right off the top of my head
1: that I'm going to keep to myself right now because I am oh, kind nice. of pitching them. Oh, good. But, uh, but at the same time, you know what is, And this is going to sound... Totally way too serious for, for for this little conversation we're having. No but it's fine. there was always something that I me and my brother always talk about growing up. Uh, you know, my dad my dad's an alcoholic. He hasn't had a drop in thirty years. But your
0: dad really was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and he hasn't had a drop in thirty years, but we always remember back when we were kids all the crazy stuff that went on he he was never physically abusive or anything like that you know it was just that you know he'd be gone for a long time and then he'd come home really happy that's wow. basically what it would happen. And Wish my life was like that. <laughs> I know, but you know, it did. It did start to tear the fibers of the family apart. Sure. My parents went through hell, which to their, you know, you know, I love them for this. They never really let in, you know affect us that much. The kids, they, yeah. They, yeah, you, me and my brother and my brothers and Beautiful. my sister. That's, that's commitment, right? So there. yeah. So but we, in fact, we didn't really know what was going on, and I always thought that was an interesting aspect to a story where it's like you know from a child's point of. Of you growing up in an alcoholic f- household yeah. when you do, you don't really understand what's going on sure, and then yeah, one day right. you're just like told you know your dad's going to have to go away for a while he's wow. sick you know and then as you get older you look back and everything starts to make sense oh that's why that was happening that's yeah. why that was happening i get it that's why you told me to go into the other room that's why that you right. had to leave in the middle of the night you know and you know, There was all sorts of these things. I always thought that would be an interesting way to tell a story, which is just kind of like remembering your childhood yeah. and everything that you thought was one way was actually a completely different Misconception, way yeah. because of what was really going on between your parents. And what
0: happens a lot in life is, is a child's personality or a child's mindset as they grow up is molded by these events that happen with their parents and, and children will carry these stories through adulthood thinking, oh, my dad did this because he doesn't love me May- or he doesn't like me May- or he hates me. May- or And and to peel back kind of the cover off of some of those stories and find out, as you said, what was really going on mm-hmm. must be uh, quite fascinating and, and probably like in your own psychological mind probably helps, uh, you know, helps in, in the journey of your life understand well, I, yourself and your family and your father. Absolutely, and you and you always, you also
1: realize I, you know, me and my brothers and my sister all realized that it could have been a lot worse, that he was a yeah. great dad even though he was, you know drinking way too much, and my mom was a great mom even though she was trying to hold everything together. They were both still 100% parents, which was great um, but they just had a lot of problems that they were having to deal with, and you know I guess the whole idea behind doing something, a movie like that would be that there is a possibility for, you know, an alcoholic family to survive. Yeah. You know, it doesn't always... There's so many times where I see, you know, movies about alcoholics or alcoholic families where, you know, the whoever the alcoholic is, whether it's the mother or the father or even the kid, they always wind up, you know, kind of uh, melancholy... And sitting in an apartment alone, coming to this realization, after they've lost everything, they realize it's all going to be okay. But you don't necessarily have to lose everything. Yeah, right. You know, people will stick by you. And and and, and if you can can, really try to keep your life together and really try to get your help, they say that, you know, admitting you have a problem is half the struggle. Then, you know, it doesn't always end with the family completely breaking apart at the seams.
0: Well, another thing to take into consideration that I've, I've always believed, too, is that um, I feel like very often, no matter whatever the state of affairs your family is in, whether your, your parents are non-attentive, whether they're alcoholic, maybe they're violent, whatever it is, whether you like it or not, I think it helps shape the kids. In other words, like if your dad wasn't an alcoholic and behaved the way he did and behaved with you the way he did, would you have become the guy you are today? Would you have become this guy who works in no. Hollywood and went into this fantasy world of movies and and became this uber-successful, talented guy? Or if he had just been a straight and narrow father, would you have become like a, a guy who works at Home Depot? You, know, these, you don't know the answer to these things, but it's almost like... All these things happen for a reason, and they all play into each other. And unfortunately, sometimes people come out on the bad end of that journey. Sure. But uh, you know, for myself, example, you know, my old man sent me away to boarding school when I was a kid against my will, and that was really where I didn't want to go. But I learned how to cut my teeth with my comedy, and I learned to use my comedy to help me through those rough times, and that translated into possibly a career. I hated my dad for sending me there, but I wonder in my life I go, if my dad hadn 't done it, would I be here today doing what i 'm doing so probably not interesting, interesting thoughts to consider when it comes to stories like yours and mine and, and most people in life absolutely i was
1: I was Given a, a, a huge amount of responsibility when I was very young, because my dad was out yeah. all the time, and my mom, of course, needed to be with him; otherwise, he would drive. In right. that, you know. In and that state. now
0: you're, you you have the responsibility of overseeing literally movies with you know almost two hundred million dollar budgets, a million, hundred million and a half. And as I said earlier, you're overseeing hundreds if not thousands of people you're overseeing animators you're overseeing design people you're overseeing storyboard people you're meeting with with uh advertisers i mean the things that an animation director has to do and as i said maybe you having to step up as a young kid and and oversee so much has played into what you do now, in a sense.
1: Yes, my OCD, for better or worse, has uh, taken me through many hard times. And, you know, it's the blueprint that was set for me when yeah. I was eight. I mean, I had a five-year-old brother and a three-year-old sister, and I was babysitting them a lot of nights until midnight at eight years old. So you kind of have to look at, if you have kids out there and you look at your eight-year-old, do you think, you know, they'd be able to babysit a five-year-old and a three-year-old and cook dinner for them? It's like, yeah. it's, it, it, but, you know... Also, it was a different time, yeah. So, and, and we also lived way out in the country in Washington State, so it wasn't like I was in, you know, walking down the street in the middle of, you know, uh, Watts, you know, going to a liquor store to buy macaroni and cheese or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. It wasn't that horrifying, but uh,
0: you know, it was just. And I never thought anything of it, to tell you the truth. Well, on the romantic side of an alcoholic father, if there is a romantic side, I know that your old man was a fiend for the ukulele. No, I thought your old man played ukulele. No, he played guitar. Oh, he, guitar! It's yeah. you that
1: plays the ukulele. I play ukulele. My dad plays guitar and also played with the Crickets. Buddy Holly's Crickets. You? He did? Yeah. He well, no them.
0: wonder he was away. He was in a famous rock band. Hello. <laughs> he wasn't in there. the pieces are now together. <laughs> um, well, uh, on the romantic side, and again, not to romanticize alcoholism, but was there ever a night when the old man came home? sits to the wind, you're in bed, and instead of hearing, like, fighting and yelling out in the hallway or in the other bedroom, you just heard the old man strumming the sixth string Mm -hmm. Absolutely. In fact, there was a lot of times when I'd hear
1: him coming in at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, and I would get up, and I'd go downstairs, and I didn't know this at the time, but my mom had said, you're not sleeping in here. And so he'd be downstairs putting um, sleeping bags down on the ground. And ah. putting pillows, and and he would, and I, I would say, can I sleep down here with you? I was probably Aww. seven or eight, and he said, yeah, get in. So I would lay down on the bed, and then he would sit in the chair, and he'd strum the guitar to me, and I would fall off to sleep. It was see, nice.
0: See that, that that's a moving. That's got to be in your movie.
1: Yeah, that, absolutely. That part. That's well. See, these are the type of stories that I, me and my brother, hash back and forth constantly, a, and a, I'm just beautiful. like, there's too many good
0: stories here, and I have yeah. to put them into a movie. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I think speaking, we touched on music, and uh, we've had an incredible, enlightening, fun interview here with Conrad Vernon. And do you have a, do you have a place people can, uh, uh, you know, look you up? Do you have a blog or I anything do. like that? You, let's uh, give you give
1: yourself yeah. a little endorsement, buddy. Thank you very much. It's just a bunch of doodles and and drawings that I do in editorial, and it's just like kind of mind scraps I call them. And it's uh, it's Conrad. Uh, dot yeah, Conrad, fo- 1968.blogspot.com. Yeah, Conrad1968.blogspot.com and that's just I've got stuff from, you know, when I went on vacation, there's writings on there, there's a bunch of doodles and drawings that I did during the movies and you know, it's just a Folks, bunch of stuff. Folks, get
0: in there because I'm telling you inside Conrad's head is a magical world and I'm I I can tell you this cuz I've known him for so long and we've worked together for many years on this secret project that we're not allowed to talk about yet. But uh, Mm -hmm. unbelievable, prolific mind, incredible artwork, uh, ideas, imagery. Check out his blog. You won't be disappointed. And uh, we kind of ended on music from your father. And I thought, why don't we end our, our podcast with Conrad today? And you might be embarrassed by this. You might just go right into it. Would you favor us by whistling one of your favorite songs from the 80s? Is there a song from the 80s that you just can't live without that you might know how to whistle? So the first one that comes to my mind is <coughs> Who, can Who Can It can Be, it be Knocking at My, my Door? All right. Keep whistling while I close out the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Conrad Vernon. He's a wonderful, talented director and human being. Check out his blog. And uh, does Gingy want to say goodbye before we go? Who can it be
1: knocking at my door?
0: (laughs) Goodbye, everybody! There he goes, Gingy. Conrad Vernon, buddy, thanks for being here, man. You thanks. rock. This and, was this was m- much more fun than I thought it was going to oh, be. Oh yeah, we'll have Conrad back again, and uh, that's it for today, folks. Thanks to Conrad. Check out his blog. What? And until next time. Oh, there was the static cling kitty again. Until next time, chicken chow, main baby.